back. Again. We're so bad at this. <laughs> you no, I am. Okay, sorry. Sorry, welcome back. Um, I was going to say good morning, and then I realized it's not morning, and our time is irrelevant to people who listen to podcasts. Yeah, typically we... I, I My schedule today was a little weird. I know. Because typically we start... Wednesday as podcast day, and I'm like going into the studio. <laughs> hey guys, it's Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Leah. Uh, we are obviously excited to be here. Episode ten. It is ten. Wow. Yeah. We should have had a cake. Oh. Maybe for episode twenty-five well, or something. Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> welcome back to the pod. We are thrilled to be here. Um. Leah and I have a great interview coming up with Chris Moxley, um, who we are launching a new collaboration with soon, but. Um, in the meantime, we're just going to chat. Yeah. Like we always do. <laughs> and then we're going to taste seltzer. Yes, which I'm very excited. Well, okay. I'm not a huge fan of seltzer, well, but I'm, okay. I'm excited for the experience, though. Yeah, we're going to get wined <laughs> or seltzered uh, next door at the Summit Seltzery. Yes. Um, it's another rainy day. Yeah, thank God for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, did you wake up and you're like, yes, I'm whole again. Uh, I was at the Noda Cafe, actually, <laughs> with the garage door open. That's what I was going to say. Just thinking, uh-huh. that, like, oh, today's going to be a nice warm day. Because I, I don't really look at the daily weather channel or anything like that. It's just kind of a surprise for me. What? Yeah, I don't check the weather. Is that weird? That's so weird. <laughs> so you wake up and just go about your day and you're I like. I literally just, it's like a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. I've never heard. That's why, like, some days I'm not prepared with that's how amazing. like warm or cold. I mean, I have like available attire in my car, like a raincoat if I need it or whatever. Wow. But yeah, that's a little fun fact about me. That is a great like, fun a, fact. It's a surprise. Um, yeah, so it's raining. Yes, um, but at least you had good weather for your race. I did. Um, <laughs> Would yeah. you have gone with uh, like through it if it was raining? Uh, yeah, I mean, we were fully okay. committed. So. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, who's our chief strategy officer, and I, um, Andrew's also one of my friends, but we we did a 15-hour race that started at midnight on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect weather. And it was in the woods in Appomattox, Virginia. Um, okay. Where the Civil War ended was the oh. um, Battle of Appomattox. That's where the wow. General uh, Robert E. Lee <laughs> wow. um, surrendered to the... Uh, Union Army. Well, now you know. So anyway, we went up there to do a race in the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, It was mountain biking, running, and canoeing. And I didn't know canoeing was part of it until I saw that picture. Oh yeah, it was. um, And we didn't. There was no course. We had to. They they gave us three maps with different checkpoints that we had to find throughout the race, and that was all the navigation we had. What? Yeah, yeah. So you start and they're like, go. And there's 36 checkpoints on the course. Okay. And you just have to go get them. That's terrifying. Um, what if you got, did you have a compass or anything? We did. That was it. Okay. So you get a map and a compass. Okay. I was like, so no compass. Or well, Andrew and I learned how to use a compass yeah. like the day before. <laughs> so I like was all in on trusting Andrew's ability to read a compass. Yeah. Um, and we started at midnight and uh, I did a lot of running in advance of this race, this prep. And the one thing they yeah. dictated was like what medium of exercise you had to do. So it started mm-hmm. and we had a, we, d- we ended up running for 20 minutes and then it was a four hour bike ride. Oh, like wow. From 1230 to 430 in the morning. Do you do a lot of bike no, riding? No. Okay. Was, that was my first bike ride of the year. Oh, wow. Was the race. <laughs> um, so I, I quickly found out that I was probably the only person that had not been on a bike oh, no. all year. But yeah. 
Um, so at like 1.30 in the morning, I had some thoughts about why the hell am I doing this? I was like, I have 13 and a half more hours of this. Like what? And I'm so tired because we didn't go to sleep. Well, yeah, that's I've, the thing is you, you didn't even nap prior to. No, I tried and I couldn't. Terrible. Um, I'd never pulled an all-nighter in my life. So it was my first ever all-nighter. Wow. Not yeah. even in college? No, never. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I wasn't cool enough to pull all-nighters uh, in college. I mean, I, was gonna, I wasn't going to say that. Well, it's okay. I'm very comfortable <laughs> with my lack of coolness. Uh, yeah, but we, uh, we ended up, the goal was to get as many checkpoints as you can in under 15 hours. And we got every checkpoint in 14 hours and wow. 40 minutes. So we succeeded. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And then I fell asleep like on the grass <laughs> next to my car <laughs> directly after the race. Yeah. Who drove home? I, Andrew drove for the first hour okay. and then was like, I could use a break. It was three and a half hours, and then he fell asleep for the next two and a half hours nonstop, and then woke up and was like, hey, you need me to take a shift? And we were like 100 yards from his house. I was like, I, okay. <laughs> I, I, was like, I think we'll this. take it from here. Um, yeah, but it was it was great. It was very different. I, I've run a lot of road marathons, and this was yeah. very different, and I enjoyed all of it. There was a point at probably 5 in the morning when Andrew and I were both on our – um, stomachs crawling under trees in the woods up a hill, like in the pitch black. What? Yeah, it was, um, there were some weird moments. It's, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was cool. It really pushed us. So what, when you had those moments of like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what was your reasoning? <laughs> um, well, so on the bike, uh, Andrew, the tough thing is, is I can run for years and mm -hmm. like, but on the bike, I just happened to be about 20 yards behind Andrew the entire time. So it was this yeah. combination of, like, why am I doing this? And, like, I'm a little bit annoyed, and also I'm trying to keep up with Andrew. And so it was, yeah. it was like, a head down, like, mm -hmm. like, like if I put my head down for too long, then Andrew's 100 yards ahead of me, and I'm like, shit. Yeah. I have to get so <laughs> Part of it was, like, I, ha I had to catch up with Andrew. That was sort of my. Yeah. But then we were also in the middle of the woods. Like, there was really nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how to read a compass. I left that up to Andrew, so. <laughs> I couldn't just leave. I can't imagine. Um, I mean, I told you, like, I went on a, a run for the yeah. first time in yeah. a long time. Um, Teach so, their own, man. Yeah. But that's find, great. Find your own summit. That's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So was this, like, um, I mean, you run a lot. And yeah. so it's, like, is this kind of something that helps you – like gain clarity on situations or like we talked a little bit about mental health last week and I yeah mean, it is definitely my best medicine for staying together and mm -hmm. um, I was gonna say balanced even though I hate the word balanced um <laughs> in a flow state yeah I run every morning and I think that's the most important thing to me and I've gotten I'm also like grew up as an athlete and I'm in a mm -hmm. family of brothers and so I also have a competitive nature to me yeah that with running I had to sort of kick a few years ago because I found that I was like training really hard for races and then would yeah. be disappointed all the time and I was like that sort of defeats the purpose of yeah getting outside and getting exercise and, and so I've shifted and that's why doing races like this where mm -hmm. you're not looking at a clock the whole time you're yeah. you know you're not necessarily like just running down the same road looking at other people who's running faster yeah just a better mental headspace experience for me. I can relate to that. My brother ran in school uh -huh. and he did track and cross country and he was, I believe third in state. Uh -huh. 
Um, so when I like <laughs> stepped into the school, I felt like there was actually like expectations. People were like, oh, you're his brother. You'll yeah, be great. Uh, yeah. So like I, which I kind of took on. I was like, okay, great. Like I'm also going to do track and cross, cross yeah. country. And I quickly learned that um, th- I just was not there. But <laughs> I did I did do soccer, yeah. which was something different. But I relate to like the competitive mentality of being like, I want to prove that I'm also like can do this. So well, it's a funny thing about hobbies, right? It's like yeah. Um, the more you do it, the better you get at it. But also, is you know, I I started running marathons when I was 19 after I finished playing soccer. And it's just you have way different things going on in your life when you're 19 than you do when you're 35. And, like, I didn't have a ton of other things to really focus my energy on other than, you know, college. And so now it's, like, I run a company and I have kids and I'm married. And, like, and so just the amount of space that running Mm -hmm. probably should take up in my head is smaller than it was allowed. (laughs) I've probably let it take up too much space in my head in years past, but now it's like, okay, I, like, I have to be pretty focused and, you know, competitive with work and, and, you know, trying to be as good as I can be at parenting. And like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if running, it's in my nature to try to be as good as I can be at everything, but it doesn't necessarily mean in terms of running doesn't mean as fast. Yeah. I think it means like, um, finding different ways to find out like what good means in running has been a interesting process for me like how adventurous can I be yeah you know how like far can I go where can I run like it's not necessarily all a yeah time thing have you ever had like a um eureka moment while you're running um like what do you mean like a like an aha this is um (laughs) no I don't I'm not a big aha moment person that's funny I was reading um Inc. Magazine this morning, mm-hmm. and they had a whole section on uh, business owners' aha moments. Uh-huh. So I was reading everybody else's, and I had this thought this morning. I was like, I don't even know, because they were like, what was your big aha moment? And I was like, I, I don't think I've ever had one. You don't think so? No. I think they just like... That's interesting, because, I mean, I don't know. I guess the definition of it is different for everyone. Yeah. But from the outside, I mean, we, like just had the universe or the anniversary of the drive to. Yep. I feel like that was a Eureka moment. That might've been. Um, because that was like, cause the story that you told of like, you passed the building yeah. and you were just like, we, this has to be, so, that's <laughs> a Eureka. Moment. I guess, I guess maybe I'm being stubborn, but to me it's <laughs> like, um, I feel like I am constantly working on things. And so mm-hmm. they all, instead of an aha, like these, um, and coffee, the term they call it is like a God shot. Like the first time you have coffee where you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. I just don't feel that very often. Cause I feel like everything is a product of yeah. work that I've been doing. Sure. Um, which is maybe accurate and also maybe sort of stubborn. Like, I think it's, it's <laughs> like, obviously having these aha moments are a lot cooler than being like, this is the product of the work that I put in yesterday. <laughs> like, um, but that's genuinely how I feel. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. because I thought about this and this and this yesterday, yeah. this idea came about. That makes sense. Yeah. But um, maybe I'll, like, search for more aha moments. <laughs> is that how they work? You just, like, go on a run, you're I like, what is going to come to me I today? I don't know. It's, I, it I've like no, I don't think I've had one either. So Maybe we should, like, report back every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you had <laughs> your aha <laughs> moment yet? It's just a sad week. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts Yeah. that, like, come to me quickly and Uh clearly and then I 
uh, sort of immediately spew them out into the world. And so it's sort of hard to know, like, <laughs> yeah, um, what's an aha moment and <laughs> what's maybe a good just, idea, what's a bad idea. Maybe you just have them so frequently. <laughs> yeah, I just, I do. I, I like send out these, uh, Doris said yesterday, she's like, sometimes I just don't know quite what to do with your Slack. She's like, because you send me these good ideas, mm-hmm. but they're like, are not, uh, they don't flow into any conversation that we're already having. So I don't know what to do with them. Like, do you want me to respond? Do you want me to like say good job? Like, good job. Thumbs up emoji. It's my least favorite emoji. I feel like it's so condescending. I will remember that. It's like I'm, I'm proud of you. Sure. No, you do the uh, horns. Uh, the ro- yeah. Yeah, which I appreciate. That seems more <laughs> on brand and authentic. Um, no, so I, uh, Andrew, uh, it's funny after the race, cause I, I recruited, there were f- actually five of us that did the race. Andrew and I were on one team and three mm-hmm. of our friends were on a separate team. Oh, cool. And I, I got them to all do the race. And then I, mm-hmm. um, told them afterward that I wouldn't ask them for at least <laughs> a few more weeks to do another race. Yeah, that's right. And then that night, Andrew sent a Slack, no, this is friends. We sent a text <laughs> to everybody with like a 24 hour race. He was like, what do you what? think? I was like, I don't know. How for like when is it? It was in three weeks from now. So I told him I didn't think that we should probably keep taking wow. our weekends to go run races together. Yeah. <laughs> one of our friends was like, Do you and Brian understand each other on such a deeper level? And Andrew was like, Maybe on an adventure racing level, but yeah. beyond that, probably not. Um You know, there there's beauty and rest as well. <laughs> I guess so. Um <laughs> Yeah, well I had my second vaccine right after the race. And so it's like yesterday afternoon. Yeah. It was some com I was so tired and it was some combination of like I don't know if this is second vaccine feeling. I don't yeah. know if it's like I finally slowed down at two days after the race and realized that I didn't it's like, sleep at it's all. Like catching up to you. Yeah, or if it's both of them, but Yeah, that's I'm that's what I'm learning and is um along like just this experience or journey in general is uh the beauty and rest. And I think that plays along with last week's a bit about like mental health days yeah. and um you know, there's, there's beauty and obviously pushing yourself and, um, overcoming like the next obstacle and figuring out what your next summit is. Yeah. But there's also, so do you find your, like, even though you haven't had an aha moment, do you find like your clarity in rest? Yeah, I think so. Like, and I, which is funny because I feel like a year ago, I would have been like, no, like I find, um, you know, those aha moments, like when I'm deep in the trenches, Right. but taking my mental health days, I rec- like, it was kind of like a shift in mindset of being yeah. like, actually, like when you're taking a moment to pause and reflect, you recognize how far you've actually come. And then like, just being grateful for that mm-hmm. and just proud of yourself for that too that's cool yeah yeah I don't know if um I don't know if I have these moments at certain times of the day but I do feel like I have more clarity or more productivity in the mornings and I think Mm -hmm. that could be perhaps because it's like the only time I'm immediately post rest I wake up and I'm like here it is I got (laughs) it like sometimes I'll like send a bunch of emails before I go running at 5 (laughs) a.m my gosh <laughs> um well our guest chris moxley um who does a bunch of different things and was recently awarded uh, 40 under 40 by charlotte business journal um is about to come on and we're excited to talk to him about his entrepreneurial journey after a career in corporate and 
we'll share a little bit about the collaboration we're doing with those guys, and we will be right back. <laughs> All right, we are back with Chris Moxley. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Glad to be here, brother. Is this your first podcast? Probably not, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lee and I were just doing our appropriate homework on you and discovered the year uh, Charlotte's 40 under 40. I did make 40 under 40 just by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> you were, what, 39 <laughs> years old? Yeah, well, I, I, I just turned, um, I turned 40 um, September 24th, and I think I got the notification, like, <laughs> I think it came out the beginning of September. <laughs> so it was like, You're just like, just like, like, like three, <laughs> three weeks, you know, I just made it. Um, but uh, apparently, obviously, they uh, they were targeting to have it much earlier in the yeah, year. Yeah. But they had to push yeah, it it's back. Usually so, a so technically, I, I had a lot of time that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that I, that I made it in. But uh, but in terms of getting the notification, I was like, whoa, like, I, I just barely made it. Am <laughs> <laughs> So they honored you, it seemed like, for several different things that you're doing. So we know you in the context of working with you and just starting to work with you on 704 Shop, yeah. um, which we'll talk about a little bit. But what else What else you do? Oh, man. Uh, where do I start? Um, you know, in addition to 704 Shop, um, I'm in a fraternity called Malik Fraternity Incorporated. Okay. It's a, uh, a African-based fraternity. Um, and uh, African and Latino, I should say. And a few of my fraternity brothers and I have started two businesses together. Um, the first is called Five Lions Entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, that's a, a high-end concert or, or l l live music, live entertainment um, uh, production business. Okay. And uh, so, and then uh, in addition to that, we also started um, what's called Hornet's Nest Capital Partners, which is... Um, a real estate investment company. And so we're, you know, it's been really tough, um, obviously with COVID to do anything in the live event space. Yeah, so I was going to say, that's weird. <laughs> kind of put that on hold for, for the time being. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, really trying to focus on Hornets Nest Capital Partners uh, this year, really get our feet wet into some real estate investment stuff. So uh, we'll see how that goes and, you know, this yeah. is the time to really get in on the real estate. It I mean, really is. It's so, an amazing market. We were yeah. talking about that yesterday. Leah's just yes. house shopping for the first time. It was like, now's a great time. The money is, well, <laughs> I mean, except yeah. everyone's trying to buy things. It's a doggy doll. But, yeah. but, money, yeah. but money's cheap. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, before doing these things, you were in corporate for 15 years-ish. Is that about right? That's correct. Well, I mean, uh, I, was at, I was at my most recent employer for yeah. 15 um, which was TIAA. Uh -huh. I was there for 15 years, um, started in November of 2005. And, but prior to that, you know, I mean, I, I came out of UNC Charlotte class of 2003. Okay. So, you know, I had some, some two years even before I got to TIAA. Yeah. Uh, and several years of, in, of full-time internships sure. and all this kind of stuff that I had. So long, long road. Uh, Do you miss anything about the corporate life? Um, you know, I miss the people. Yeah. You know, I miss, uh, cause it gets a, like a bad rap when you talk about like the corporate life, but there's some, there's some there's good things about of, it. There's a lot of great things about yeah. it. Um, especially if you're with a good company, Yeah, you know, TIA is a fantastic, um, you know, uh, company. Um, they're, 
they're not a you know for profit type of model, right? They mm-hmm. don't, so they don't have to report earnings. They run their business very differently. It's all about you know trying to do the right thing by their uh, stakeholders, which primarily are you know folks that serve, right? Yeah. You think about teachers and nurses and um, professors and things of that nature. That's their bread and butter in terms of their their client base. Mm-hmm. It's all about being good stewards of their financial you know futures. Um, and uh, and again, you know, uh, lo- lots of great people, a lot of great leadership, you know, there. So I have nothing but great things to say, you know, about TIA yeah. for sure. Where did the pivot into creative pursuits come in? Was that like something that you've been dreaming about for a while? Is it has it always been part of you? Um. Yes and no. I mean, you know, I got started really early. Um, you know, I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, it was kind of, you know, we were taught, you know, you want to be as competitive as you can in school so yep. you can go get a job and work for somebody else. And the better you do in school, that yeah. increases your prospects, right? That was sure. That was kind of how we were brought up. Um, but in middle school, you know, um, oddly enough, my brother and I, my oldest brother, uh, we started selling candy like in in school. Knowing we weren't supposed to be selling candy <laughs> in school. Um, and my mom was in on it. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so she kind of <laughs> helped us, you know, kind of spur that entrepreneurial uh, bug. And uh, But she was like, if you get caught, I'm going to act like I didn't know about it. I'm like, Mom, like, it's a book bag full of candy. Like, of course they're going to know you're in on it. Like, you know. And, uh, but, you know, she would take us to... Um, you know, Sam. That's what and, I was going to say, just bulk you know, candy. Yeah, just yeah. bulk, bulk, you know, <laughs> Snickers and Twixes and Blow Pops. And, yeah, it's perfect, uh, the best. Yeah, <laughs> and remember Poppers yeah. and uh, Warheads. And oh, I, yeah. I had a book, we would have sure. a book bag full of stuff, man. And, um, you know, I, I would. You were hustling other yeah, middle schoolers. I like, yeah, I mean, I, I would make $20 a day. That's a wow, lot. That's, that's a, a lot. <laughs> and my brother would make $40 a day because he knew more people than me. And he had his territory locked down and I had mine locked down. And uh, so I think that's kind of where. That's definitely where it started, you know, for us, Yeah. Uh, for me. And then um, in college, I really got into, you know, I was really big into, you know, one of my best friends introduced me to poetry. Okay. He's really, real big into poetry and Khalil Gibran and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these kind of deep poet, you know, poetry poets. And I kind of, you know, took that to the next level and started, you know, really writing like hip hop. Mm-hmm. And so... Just did that for a number of years and really got serious about it, you know, with my business partners. So were you were you writing and recording and Yeah, we built everything. Full, we d- yeah, I mean, my first studio was, you know, a funny story about, you know, that's, you know, with, with 704 Shop, Scott and Jerry. Yeah. Who were my business partners with that, that business. When we met at UNC Charlotte, we were, you know, Scott and I were roommates first. Okay. We re- we met literally like randomly like in the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, I was there with another friend of mine named Scott, mm-hmm. uh, who I've known since the fourth grade. Okay. Oh wow. Scott Wooten comes in with his mom. Mm-hmm. The other Scott and I, Scott Stallings, we're like, okay, we're looking for an apartment. Mm-hmm. His mom is like, Scott, you should go over and talk to those guys. They look cool. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's like you know, Scott's kind of tall. We're tall, 
And so we just, we hit it off. And um, so the three of us found, you know, there was an apartment that had, that needed three people. Mm-hmm. And so the is. three of us went in on this apartment uh, with the one guy that was already there. His name's Mike. He's a good close friend of ours still to this day. Yeah. And um, we ended up building a music studio in that apartment. Oh, nice. Um, you know, we just kind of used the closet. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then eventually we moved that studio from that apartment, which was in uh, what's now called the Edge mm-hmm. Apartments. Okay. It's still there. Uh, it was called Campus Edge at the time. We moved the studio from that apartment to, I think it was called Legacy Park Apartments, because mm-hmm. Scott had moved out. He moved in with Jerry. Yeah. Uh, and they had an apartment together. And they had a whole kind of like area like this yeah. studio in yeah. the back. And so we gutted out the closet and wow. used this space for, you know, the all the other recording equipment. Mm-hmm. And eventually... You know, I'm a very enterprising kind of guy, if you can't tell. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I, I went to school for business, UNC Charlotte, mm-hmm. Belt College of Business, class of 2003. And I basically pitched to the guys. I said, listen, we know we we, we love doing this music. We've been doing it for a while now, mm-hmm. just kind of on our own. Yeah. Self-taught, pro tools, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. I said, so we can either you know, pool our resources and put it into somebody else's studio and cut a commercial yep. grade mm-hmm. project, demo, whatever you want to call it. I said, or we can take that money and put it into our own studio, build our own studio mm-hmm. and sell studio time to yeah. other people. Basically yeah. Yeah. become a player in yeah. the market. And it, on the side, we can work on all our own music Mm-hmm. You know, when nobody's in the studio, yeah. we got the studio. Yeah, You know, we can stay in here all night if we want to. <laughs> nobody's going to kick us out. It'll be our studio. Yeah. And so they were like, man, that's genius. Let's do that. And I said, cool. So got some commercial space, you know, near Uptown. Uh, built out a studio. And we did that for a number of years, um, you know, before before, there, before the idea of 704 Shop wow. had, had even, you know, came about. So... Wow. Is, you know, is so music still something you do? I haven't done any music in a long time. Could you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still nice. <laughs> I still got bars. Um, do you, you like know, find yourself thinking in lyrics? Ab- all the time. Yeah. All the time. I mean, I'm I'm rapping all the time. Mm-hmm. I just I'm just not writing it down. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it's all up here. And um, you know, uh, when I hear an instrumental, it's just like, oh, man, you get that feeling. <laughs> it's like, oh. And, you know, my younger brother, um, his name is uh, JT. We call him JT. Uh, he lives in Virginia. He's still, he's he's gotten back into it. Oh, really? And it's, it's so funny because, you know, back in those days, you needed, you, you literally needed, you know, physical equipment yeah. mm-hmm. to record. I mean, you still do, like, you know, on the higher level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's doing everything that he's doing you know, on like this app. Yeah, the access yeah. to entry is so he's much a, lower he's than got he's got an app, and he sends me stuff that he's done mm-hmm. on the app, and I'm like, bro, like this sounds, <laughs> yeah. this sounds great. <laughs> you know, he's recorded in his closet. You know, he doesn't have yeah. a, a bunch of resources yeah. necessarily. Um, but he came down. I want to say, you know, last weekend from uh, from Virginia. He's mm-hmm. in he's in the Norfolk area, and uh, you know, he's talking to me. He's like, oh man, I'm doing all this stuff. I was like, you know. 
I still got a, I still have a digi rack. Like I still got a Pro Tools <laughs> rack. Yeah. Like it's at my house right now. I'm not using it. It's sitting like right here. Yeah. I was like, you want to come down and get it? I was like, and I got some some soundproofing, you know, uh, yeah. things like up yeah. in the attic. I was like, I'll pull, I'll pull that stuff down. I was like, I'm happy to give it to you, man. Like, yeah. you know, so you can use it. He came down and he grabbed all that stuff. Oh, nice. So I'm going to text him and be like, hey, man, like, <laughs> how's everything going with the equipment? <laughs> you know, because he just, he just upgraded big time. So <laughs> I'm going to see, see how he's doing with it. But, uh, yeah. So in, in the business pursuits, like, are you, you said you're the enterprising mindset. Obviously, you've got a creative background. Do you find that you go toward one direction or the other when you're working with people? Or does it depend on who you're working with? Or well, do you like to do it all? You know, I like for things to just kind of be organic and fluid. And um, because you never, you know, uh, you never know where other people's interests lie. Yeah. And I kind of let that chart where we're going to go. Yep. You know, uh, a lot of people, um, so you know, it's like people want to talk to you, but I, I don't, sometimes I don't know, you know, what they want to talk to me about. So it's like, let's just get to know each other. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll see if that takes us in the direction of working together for 704 Shot or if yeah. it takes us in the direction of working together for... Five Lions, yeah, or oh, you know, you know, you got some connections in the real estate space. Mm-hmm. When we could do that, or maybe there's nothing, right? right. Maybe we yeah. partner around a charity or something, and just yeah. you know, come together and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe we do none of that, and it's just like, well, you know, it's a cool guy and or a girl, and it's yeah. like, you know, uh, some like every everything's not always about a business opportunity, nope. but yeah. everything's always about a relationship. Yeah. And so, and you just never know how things are going to evolve yeah. and where they're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, a year from now, you know, six months to a year from now, five years from now. Um, and mm-hmm. so those relationships, having them be real relationships mm-hmm. and not putting a transaction at the forefront of it is, is critical. Mm-hmm. So you're from Charlotte, right? Born and raised. What's changed most since you say, when you grew up here, graduated from UNC Charlotte almost 20 years ago, what is the most different to you about Charlotte? Um, how connected the city is now. You know, when I was, even even when I was at UNC Charlotte, you know, um, or, you know, even just growing up, you know, in Delahaye Courts, which is, you know, like a public housing community, one of the few that's still uh, standing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like for, for, for my family, we didn't have, we didn't have, you know, for, for many of the years, we didn't have like a, a, a car in the family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, public infrastructure is critical. Yeah. And just, you know, having reliable mm-hmm. um, transportation transportation yeah. that runs, you know, uh, frequently enough yeah. to where you can get places. Mm-hmm. Um, even just like getting to work, right? Mm-hmm. Like totally. I, I had many internships, you know, in high school and, and into college. And, you know, unfortunately for me, I could only work at places that were on the bus line. Yeah. If it wasn't on the bus line, it was like, yeah, I can't get there. So <laughs> it doesn't make sense for me to come and interview. And I would always have to ask them before I came to interview, yeah. like, yeah. Are, what, are you on the bus line? Like what bus lines are you, what's closest mm-hmm. stops and all this kind of stuff, you know? Um, and you know, people still have to do that, mm-hmm. but I think it's, easier because there's more connectivity we've got light rail we've yeah. got more we're getting there yeah we've got more even like what what we call crosstown routes yeah you know because before all the buses had to come uptown mm-hmm. 
right? So if you were in East Charlotte and you just needed to get to North Charlotte, which is right next door, <laughs> you had to go. You had it. to go all the way uptown, uh, yeah. Transfer mm-hmm. and come all the way back out to wherever you were going, yeah. Um, which is totally inconvenient, yeah. Um, and you have to. You gotta you gotta account for that time, yeah. right? Like you gotta get up super early. You gotta mm-hmm. you know account for the time to get uptown and all the way back out, and you gotta do that twice a day. And you know, so I I think that's the biggest yeah. difference is just um, the connectivity of the city, and also you know obviously um, the amenities have come along tremendously, yeah. right? I mean, just there's way more to do in terms of you know um, hospitality and yeah. entertainment mm-hmm. and bars and restaurants and you know you you name it yeah it's, it's just through the roof now in a in a way that it wasn't you know 10 10 15 yeah. 20 years ago mm-hmm. yeah you talked about how covid with five lines obviously that wasn't a great year now that we are hopefully mm-hmm. knock on wood like coming out of this pandemic or at least the worst of it what are you excited about like what are you like oh man i can't wait to do this oh man um you know, I'm excited to be able to um you know, be back in in, you know, or at least pursue the opportunity to do, you know, do shows again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when we did our we did our first show at the Fillmore, you know, we really wanted to make a splash, so we didn't want to go we wanted to kind of go big, right? Like um it was at the Fillmore, obviously that's a a live nation. Yeah, it's you know, a big venue. Venue. Um, you know, two thousand people in terms of, you know, packing it out. Um, you know, we did a we did a concert with uh with Drew Hill, mm-hmm. you know, um, and Bobby Valentino opened. Uh so we went big with the artists. Mm-hmm. Um we had uh DJ DR, who's a legendary kind of Charlotte, you know, uh DJ. If you if you're if you're into hip hop and yeah, you know, in the local scene. You know, DR's done a lot of work outside of Charlotte and um, working with Ninth Wonder and all these guys like out of Raleigh and, and so on and so forth. He was the DJ for the show. Um, and then we had uh, Burpee from Power 98, who was kind of like the MC to keep everybody, you know, mm-hmm. tell some jokes and yeah. keep people going. Um, and so we, you know, we used the opportunity to kind of build build on some existing relationships that we already had there. Um, and so, you know, and we, everybody had a great time, you know, it was a great show. Um, Drew Hill, you know, those guys are, and Bobby, you know, they're consummate professionals, you know, they were on time and Mm -hmm. rehearsal did, you know, they did everything, you know, by the book, uh, and they really put on a great show. And so, which makes us as the, as the, uh, you know, the the, the producers (laughs) of the show look good. Um, and so I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to get back, you know, into doing that at some point, Mm -hmm. you know, because of my love for music and just still being tied to, tied to that part. It seems seems like you're driven in a lot of ways by providing great experiences for other people. Is that like, I mean, yeah, I mean, that seems like that's the connective tissue here is like, how do I make people have a great time or enjoy what they're doing? Yeah. I mean, you know, relationships and uh, experiences, um, you know, are the things you got to push for. Those yeah. are the things that people remember. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, millennials especially, you know, they're all into um, things that have meaning. 
and you know what's the why behind it mm-hmm. yeah we're and millennials yes <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like i'm like just on You're the cusp the edge, i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so but uh i'm, a, I'm like an og millennial like <laughs> that. but it's um, true yeah, yeah definitely so look at purpose more than purpose anything. yeah and so you know that's that's the thing um that we're that that i'm all i'm always constantly thinking about you know does this solve a problem does this have some, you know, some type of connectivity to it as to like why it matters? Like, why are we doing it? Are we doing it just to be doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, is, an oppor- is there an opportunity there to take this thing that we could be doing and take it to the next level by adding uh, some context and some yeah. why to it? Where did that people forward energy come from? Is that innate to you? Is that something you learned? Is it part of how you were raised? Um, I think so. I think it was, I mean, so, you know, I, I, I'm getting more into this, uh, astrology stuff. Yes. Um, oh gosh, you yes. guys should, I'll, I'll just leave the past, I'm talking you know. about this. <laughs> you know, uh, there is some science to it. I think, I think it has its science. place. Yeah. It has its place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not one of those folks where it's like, uh, where it's the end all be all, yeah. you know, I do, I do think you still have to roll up your sleeves and get to know people. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but Do you know what your big three are? Gosh, don't get me going. <laughs> um, I have I have the uh, the I don't even co-star know what that means. Okay, okay, I do have the co-star app. Okay. I don't even know what that means. So it's, it's, it's an astrology app. What is no? I what but is what are your, your big three? three? So like your big three in astrology is your sun sign, right. Your moon sign right. and your rising sign. So right. your sun sign is like a representation of your ego, I believe. Mm-hmm. Moon sign is your emotions, and Kay. then rising sign is how quote-unquote, how others, like, portray you. Got it. So, right. Brian, we'll be looking at that later. Great. Can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. Can't yeah, wait she'll, she'll have to send you the invite to, her, <laughs> to yeah. her co-star so you can see, like, how compatible. How she's been judging me for the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, I think uh, you know, so I'm a, I'm a Libra, and, okay. you know, they say Libras are more outgoing, yep. social. So extroverts. Extroverts. And yeah. so I, I think that, that definitely... Um, the the stereotype part of that yeah. you know there are parts of it that apply to me for sure mm-hmm. um, but I'm also you know um, I, I'm technically what's called an ambivert which is you know a mix of both an yeah. introvert and an extrovert mm-hmm. uh, because I'm very social I definitely get my energy um, from other people yeah um, in in a lot of cases but you know there are lots of times where I just kind of need my own space mm-hmm. um, I need my own um, you know, environment to just kind of decompress and, you know, process my own thoughts and, um, whether that's focusing on work or not focusing on anything and just like, you know, nerding out to some Netflix or, you know, something stupid on TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely need to have my own time, but, uh, but that's, you know, when I kind of come out of that space, I'm like, I, I need to talk to some people. Yeah. I need yeah. to be around some <laughs> I'm people. I'm the same way yeah. as you. You know, mm-hmm. that are genuine, that, 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 that I care about and that care about me mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. Yeah, I, so. I find my, I'm an ambivert and I find, and I have to be an expert so much for my job. And But mm-hmm. running is the one thing that I really prefer to do by myself. I'm not much of a social runner. Yeah. But I get up and I run every morning. And so like, by the time other people get up and the day's starting, I feel like I've had like my two hours of 
like solo yeah, time yeah. and I'm ready to go for whatever. It's like, yeah. cool, bring on all the people. So you're ready to connect. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah. I do need that. I like, I've built that routine into my, especially during COVID. I was like, yeah. need to give myself more run. Like I, I did a lot of early in COVID. I did a lot of two a day runs. Cause I was like mm-hmm. middle of the day. I was like, I need to go somewhere. I'm working <laughs> from home. My kids are here. Yeah. My, yeah I was like, I'm, I'm running away. again. <laughs> um, is there any habits or anything you've picked up during the last year that, you are grateful for or are going to stick with you like anything that's you know obviously it sort of shifted how we all lived our lives to a certain extent yeah um you know for me I think you know one of the things that I've I think prioritized you know within the last 18 months is just uh you know and 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 more so you know just with the onset of of COVID and you know the isolation and quarantine and just kind of being uh, in the same space for so much time. Yeah. It's just prioritizing my own kind of, you know, mental health and just, you know, how, how I think and feel about me. Yeah. Um, without the lens of, of how other people perceive me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think in a lot of cases, it's like we have, we're, at least for me, um, uh, you know, you can live your life through the lens of other people uh, yep. when you when you when you like to be around other people so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, just constantly wanting to be perceived in a good way and, per, you know, mm-hmm. like making sure you put out the right energy and being totally courteous. And yeah, you know, how is this person feeling about what I'm doing or saying? And and so you you kind of acquiesce mm-hmm. um, to that. And I think, you know, uh, when all of that goes away, you just, you start to say, well, what is it that I like? And like, who do like, you know, like, what is it that I like to do, um, by myself? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just a whole process around, you know, um, how even just, you know, in, in so far as like how I manage my calendar, you know, not giving everybody access and time yeah. to my calendar yeah. and blocking off certain days and times where it's like, you know, yeah. I'm not taking meetings and yeah. things like that, um, which was obviously less important when I was still in corporate during COVID. But, you know, I left TIA in November. That's still the height of COVID. Yeah. And so, you know, starting to work for myself with 704 Shop and just trying to kind of get used to the transition of, um, having someone else's schedule necessarily to, to, to adhere to. Yeah. Um, and so now it's like, I'm setting my own schedule and, uh, the, the transition of getting used to that. Um, are there any hard parts of that for you? Like, do you have a hard time turning off? That's like one of the stereotypical things. Yeah. Big time. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm always on. Yeah. I'm always on Me too. Uh, from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. And, you know, for some people that can be difficult, you know, people that are in my life, it's just like, okay, well, you know, uh, like for my son, it's like, you know, dad's always working on something. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So when is a good time to come and talk to him about X? Right. And I have to tell him it doesn't matter. Like, 
Yeah. I'm always going to look like I'm busy because, you know, yeah. and, and I am busy. Yeah. But I'm never too busy for you. Like, yeah. you're number one priority. Yeah. So, like you know, y- you can come up to me and just totally, like, you know, I don't care if I'm on the, co- unless I'm on a Zoom call. Like, <laughs> you know, if it's obvious that I'm, like, engaged on yeah. something, then, you know, if it can wait, it can wait. But My daughter has this new, f- and I don't know how old your son, how old is he? He's uh 14. He's okay. about to turn oh, okay. 15. I have a seven-year-old daughter who's, like, more so probably still in that age where it's like she's smart but she's like still curious so every time i'm on a zoom call is like <laughs> happens to be the only time she comes in the office she's like dad who are you talking to <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> that's like that's like uh it's like my daughter do- uh, jalen's dog uh ace is is, is, is that way <laughs> you know when Start he i'm right. on the zoom it's <laughs> like he knows you know that's when he wants to come and jump in my lap or <laughs> you know want to kind of come See what's going on. Other than that, it's like, all right, you know, he, he don't want to be bothered with yeah. me. But when he sees me on the, on the Zoom call, it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced my dog thinks that there's someone else in the house. Oh, good so audio, yeah. Yeah, oh. and so he'll come in and, like, you know, like, uh-huh. do his thing. And I'm just like, okay, like, there's no one here. Right. Calm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. down. Right, right. Oh, that's a, that's perceptive right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well... Has there uh, parenting in pandemic? Um, what has that been like for you? I mean, I mean it's, it's a, I can't imagine being a teenager during this last year. Like I feel so bad for. I mean, we uh, can adjust. I feel so bad correct. for. That's what I was gonna say. You know, as bad as it is, you know, for the parents and you know, because we have the we, we do we do have the you know the added responsibility of trying to do what we can to try to make sure the kids stay connected. Um, but. That's difficult, right? When there's yeah. there's no there's they have no outlet, you no. know. Yeah. At least for us, you know, for the adults, uh, we get, you know, think about the height of the pandemic. Uh, we're and I, I say the height because I, I feel like we're kind of yes, you know, on the yeah. downturn. Yeah. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, but you know, you kind of we kind of get at least some breaks, right? It's like mm-hmm. okay, I got to go pick up the food from right. the restaurant, yeah. Or, you know, I got to go to the grocery store or, you know, mm-hmm. just little things like that. Yeah. Or for me, um, you know, there were times when, when we shut down the store mm-hmm. um, and we had shut down basically like our, our office facility, you know, and so all the employees were, there were no employees there. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of volunteered, you know, I live closest to, you know, our, our both our store and our office. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, you know, I'll go in every couple of days and, ship the orders out yeah mm-hmm. uh didn't even know how to ship the orders <laughs> out prior to that yeah but i was smart enough that when we hired uh you know joe shout out to joe milton um <laughs> who's no longer with the who's no longer with the company right now uh but he was with us for a number of years and when he, we hired joe i said you know joe was full-time uh store manager and inventory mm-hmm. manager great just super talented guy i said joe what I need you to do is I need you to document the process on how to do <laughs> like all the stuff yeah. that you do, because <laughs> at some point I'm going to have to do it. I know I'm going <laughs> to have to do it. And like, you know, I need if you just totally, you know, step yeah. by step. Mm-hmm. So I had a manual <laughs> and Joe, like I said, Joe's great. He had everything kind of laid out right there for me. So I was able to go in, but that, you know, um, as much as that was, you know, I was happy to do it. Again, as the adults, we kind of get to get out of the house to yeah. go and take care of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. The kids are stuck at home, yep. you know, if it's not a situation where they can go with you. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, you know, at least for my son, he's, you know, in the house 
um, you know, the majority of the weekend even because it's like, yeah. you know, what is there to do? Yeah. Um, other yeah. than, you know, we would take some trips and, uh, you know, go uh, to some national parks or nature yeah. preserves yeah, and yeah, stuff like that just to kind of get outside yeah. and, and move around. Yeah. Um, but as a parent, you have that pressure because you're like, I don't want to stifle my child from being a 14-year-old, but I also need to protect him from this pandemic. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, even our daughter, uh, you know, I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and that's even like, they're like, can I go to my friend's house? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> where where yeah. have their parents been hanging out? Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and you know, the thing is, you know, even if you take the converse, if you take it a, a, another level, you know, um, when school starts back, you know, they were fully remote. Yep. Um, initially. And then they, you know, kind of phase in like, okay, well, you know, a, B, or C, yep. and are you going to be fully remote? Are you going to come mm-hmm. in more regularly? Or are you going to kind of be in this middle group of hybrid, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then there's the concern of, uh, you know, the challenge, I should say, of balancing the mental health and the socialization of the kids totally. versus yeah. their s- physical safety. Um, and, and, you know, and, it, we and it, it doesn't just stop with the, with the kids, right. right? It's like, yeah. you know, the kids go home, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's like, I don't know, like the three of us, we all have masks on. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously we understand the importance of, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. trying to keep each other safe. Obviously we all know that there's a demographic within, you know, our population that don't believe in wearing masks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So their kids probably don't wear masks yep. either. Yep. So you got to do all of that comes to a head in the yeah. schools. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so it's like, okay, um, how, you know, even if the kids are wearing masks when they come to school, because it's going to be mandatory, obviously, mm-hmm. but I don't know what they're doing when they leave. It's exactly right. Yeah. So it's just, you know, all, it's just a complicated situation. It's, if anything, this year, I mean, I, you're our, this is our 10th podcast episode and you're our eighth guest. And I feel like six of the eight people have talked about mental health. Like, I think yes. if there's any, one of the silver linings that came from this, I feel like it became less taboo to talk about mental health and i think that that is something especially for men that is like let's in kids like i think we became more aware of mental health in children and i like how they are sort of less capable of processing the mental challenges than we are as adults like our brains are fully formed and we can do it like mm-hmm. our kids can't do that and yeah. i think that is something that i hope is a shift in our the cultural landscape it's like it's okay to talk about mental health it's okay to say I need help I need to talk to somebody like mm-hmm. talking to somebody's normal like I agree yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, you know what I, what I would add to that is I mean obviously that obviously it's a it's a positive um you know taking it a step further you know for the African-American community who you know we we all know have you know just uh severe disadvantages when it comes to you know economic yes. situation um and you know because of the economics uh and that obviously affects kind of like the social side right yep. so there's just you know tremendous you know a lot of us kind of c- come out of you know environments of you know poverty and just mm-hmm. you know a lot of crime or a lot of you know abuse and things like this and i'm not saying that that's that it's isolated to just the african american community but i'm just saying that um it's very prevalent yep. in the african american community and historically you know, it's very taboo, as you were talking about, especially in the African-American community, to talk about mental health mm-hmm. um, because we're raised to be, you know, so kind of, you know, tough-nosed right. and just, just kind of grind through it and just deal with it, get over it. 
um, and that's just part of life, you know, type of thing. And it's like, no, like a lot of the things that, you know, as kids you're experiencing is abnormal. And what we know now is that that can have a physical, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, effect on a, a, on a child's brain. Yeah. That carries with them into adulthood. And so they may not even have the wherewithal. You're wondering why they're depressed and can't function. Mm-hmm. It could be because of, you know, adverse you know, things that they experienced as a child. Yeah. Um, and again, that's that's not just isolated to to black kids necessarily. Mm-hmm. No, but, but it, it but is it's, it's something that, that definitely is prevalent in, in, in our community. Yeah, and our mm-hmm. our society is so unprepared to deal with that. And I and Absolutely. I I'm hopeful that the conversation leads to, you know, progress and progress and progress and it's gonna mm-hmm. be a gener it, like it's gonna be shift over a generation, generations, and hopefully we can do something in raising our kids that makes them better prepared to to make progress on this and us. But it's certainly not one of these things where you can be like, all right, let's fund A, B, and C, and we're good. Like, right. I mean, it's like we're talking about, like, how the entire United States economic system is established. Like, Correct. we need to, like, Correct. there's a lot of work ahead of us. But hopefully, um, I think addressing mental health in communities and in youth, I think is an immensely important thing that we need to figure out how to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just not also assume that like kids' parents are doing that. Cause yeah. like, obviously that's, you know, that's like a, that assumes the family structure and that your parents are getting the proper resources. And like, that's just, that's very uh, short-sighted. Correct. Mm-hmm. And what we know is that, you know, uh, you know, I, I, as a parent, I, I feel comfortable saying this, you know, most parents, um, parent the way they were parented yep yeah right because there's no playbook when you have a child <laughs> especially in times of stress you like fall back <laughs> yeah, and there's no yeah. playbook <laughs> yeah, yeah Leah's like, like oh, oh no i'm not no. having kids yeah i was Shut just talking i was just talking about a manual like there's no there's, <laughs> no there's no manual right um and so i think you 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 do what you know yeah um and you know that was certainly you know what uh jalen and i's you know uh mom uh I mean, Jalen's mom mm-hmm. and I did uh, at least initially, but you kind of you're figuring it out as you go, yeah. right? Then mm-hmm. you then you, you start to kind of get you know uh, more enlightened. Then you say, well, okay, wait a minute, like mm-hmm. you know, Jalen's not me. He's not you. He doesn't have he didn't have the same life circumstances. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing he's you know has a way better situation than both of us did. So mm-hmm. why would we think that? Um, the way our parents parented, you know, raised us is the way that we need to raise Jalen. It doesn't necessarily need to be the same, but and that's that's a big a big epiphany for it's a huge. parent to that have. That is yeah. huge, right? yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, it it you know there there are definitely um, some you know challenges in terms of you know parenting through COVID for sure. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. Yeah, and we, and we go down the road forever, but I think it's also when you uh, like parent your kids differently you also need to give yourself grace to say this isn't some sort of indictment on how you were parented it's like it's a new generation it's a new yeah. era it's a new we're in a different life place and you just got to do what you you got to do your best yeah i think and and just applying that to you know across the board giving yourself more grace and yeah. just you know mm-hmm. especially when covid is just like Look, I don't know. We're all doing no our clue. best. <laughs> I have no clue. You Most know, of us are doing our I've best. I've never yeah, functioned during like, a pandemic before. <laughs> yeah, and just and just being comfortable with with not knowing and being yeah. comfortable with, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. And mm-hmm. you know, I think typically, at least, you know, for me, we try to we try to 
control as many variables and, you know, have our hands yeah. on as many levers as we can to try mm -hmm. to control outcomes. And I think, you know, one of the things that we probably can all attest to is that, you know, we're not in as much control as we think we are. Yeah. <laughs> no, you the know. pandemic has shown us anything. <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah. that's so. what uh, I read somewhere. And I, I don't necessarily subscribe to this, but it was like, at the start of the pandemic, it was like, God, between global warming and what was happening in our political system, God was just like, screw all of you. I'm sending this global <laughs> pandemic. It's, it's like Noah's Ark, where he's like, they flooded. Right. And they were like, all right, we are like, yeah. everyone needs to chill for a year. The great, <laughs> the great reset. Yeah, yeah that's right. Sure. The great reset. <laughs> um, well, thank you for taking time with us. We're excited to collaborate with 704 Shop. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, thanks. Man. <laughs> we're been we're happy to work with you guys. Too, yeah, so. we really admire your brand, and it was cool to be able to have an opportunity to to work together with you guys. And we're both, I think, coming from a pretty similar place of trying to create cool things and That's give right. opportunities for people to enjoy That's life right. and create new and remarkable experiences. And That's right, man. And you know, for you guys that are listening, just be on the lookout. We got some. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. So we're, you know, they're excited. We're excited, too. So well, if I get one of these tuned. UNC Charlotte sweatsuits <laughs> that you're wearing right now, I'm, I'm good. We, um, can work, we can work on it. <laughs> After we sell our enough merch, right. we'll get one. Um, well, thank you, everybody. Lee and I will be back next week. And appreciate Chris for coming out. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Awesome. Bye. Take care, guys.